0: Well, hello everyone and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Thursday, January 25th, 2024. My goodness, it seems like just yesterday that it was turning, well, 2023, and then just yesterday is 2024, and now here we are. It's almost February, but I'm happy to have had this time with you. It's good to be back in the swing of things with Daily Devotionals, and uh, I appreciate you all being a part of this time with me. It's, it's fascinating. After the devotional that came out um, yesterday, I've received all sorts of calls and, um, and, and different, different notes, that sort of thing about that devotional, and I pray that this time is a blessing to you. you know, the motivation for this, people say, oh, you get into that? Well, 10 days to flatten the curve, right? And here we are, 550 or so devotionals in. But really and truly, it's, it's just a wonderful opportunity to have this time with you. And hopefully, as I've said, oftentimes, these are not sermons they're very close to sermons, right? My, my preaching style is not all that different from this. But this is not the exhaustive kind of, you know, every single verse, let's pull every possible thing out. There are some things that I choose to bring out, and some things I don't, because again, the point of this is a devotional thought, right? Not sermons. But I do want to give you things to think about. I, 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 the number one question that any pastor has to ask is, first off, what has been revealed? And then, what did it mean then, and then how does it apply to us? It's my hope that what is being offered here is something that is helpful to you that lets you consider who God is, who you are, how the world works, what you're to do in light of the world, but also to see the majesty of God on display all the different ways as we read the history of the early church the the acts of the apostles where the where the book gets its name, but As we see God's faithfulness on display, it's my hope that you will be encouraged and that you will know that this is the same God who has been faithful to his people and will continue to be faithful. So I hope it is a blessing to you in light of that. Along those lines, we come to where we are today. Yesterday, we made our way pretty much halfway through uh, Acts chapter 19. Um, We dealt with the aftermath of the seven sons of Sceva, that oh no moment. And we talked about how the people of Ephesus held the Lord's name in high regard and how they got serious. Some people converted. Some people got serious about their relationship with the Lord. But the end result was the same, and that is repentance. Right? Where people repented. Um, and acts of repentance, realize repentance is not just being sorry. Repentance is action. It's, it's, it's stopping, turning around and going the opposite way. People repented. They stopped their sinning. They turned away from it and went back to the Lord. And that meant that, that whether it was a new believer or whether it was someone who professed Christ, but was involved in things they shouldn't have been involved in, they all came together and they got rid of the witchcraft. They got rid of the sorcery. They came together and they burned their scrolls. Um, They got rid of their occult activity, okay, their pagan activity. And one of the things I talked yesterday is about how important this is. And y'all, I would stress that again. If there's ever been a time in your life when you have been involved in this stuff, and no, I don't mean, you know, black mass sacrifices in the woods. You know, that, that's not what I'm talking about. That stuff is sensationalized. But I'll tell you what a lot of people have participated in and really need to repent of. Ouija boards, right? Big time superstitious stuff, you know, black cats, all the, the horoscopes, you know, people get into that stuff and that's demonic. And if you've been into that stuff, you need to confess that to the Lord and ask for forgiveness because you might just be living out a curse. And no, if you know me, you know that I don't say that the devil's in every busted light bulb and that kind of stuff, but... While being a follower of Christ, demons cannot possess you. At the same time, demons can attach themselves and 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 just not just curses for you. Sometimes there's generational, there's family curses, and those have to be dealt with. And it's not some magic formula or anything like that. It's the blood of Jesus that washes us, that cleanses us from every stain, including the stains of the past. So get real about that kind of stuff. Now. Um in light of this we saw this amazing thing happening where pretty much everybody right is 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 hearing the good news and all these people are responding. Well today we get to the aftermath of this. And I got to ask before we pray before we read do you see it Right? Do you see this, this pattern that emerges in in the book of Acts where something marvelous takes place for the kingdom of God? It could be all the way back in Acts chapter two, right? Where Peter preaches his great sermon at Pentecost. Their number was added to all these different things happen. But there's this cycle in Acts where you see something incredible for the church, as we just saw yesterday. And then you see the response of the world. And it's in the world's response that you really learn who the world is. You really learn what the world is like, and you really see that not much has changed in 2,000 years. Nothing new under the sun. Now, I've spoken vaguely enough as it is. Let's pray, and then we'll dig in. We'll see the response to this amazing thing. Father, please be with us now. Help us as we go to your word. Um, It is my desire that, that we would all get more serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And if there's any here that don't know you, Please work in their hearts to that end, but for those of us that do, please use this to work in our hearts, to draw us to yourself, and that we would understand you, that we would understand us, that we would understand the world, and that this wouldn't just be anecdotal, but instead that our understanding would inform our action. Let us live lives of service, devoted to you out of love, motivated by gratitude. Help us to deal with the things that get in the way of this and to be honest with ourselves. And Father, now as we go to your word and see the world's reaction, help us to get real about where we're living, what these times are like. Please work in our hearts now and we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what's the reaction to this positive thing happening excuse me, Exodus, Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 23. It says, about that time, well, what's the time? This is time of this, really, this awakening, right? People coming to know the Lord, people turning to Christ, people that know Jesus and confess him getting serious, right? About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. Now, I believe it was Tuesday, maybe it was Monday, Anyway, we talked about this terminology used to describe Christianity. And I asked the question, what is Christianity? Christianity is a way of life. It's not just something you take off the shelf. But here, this terminology is used again. And there's a great disturbance revolving around Christianity, the way. And then we dig in, verse 24. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, Brought in no little business for the craftsman, right? Read between the lines here Demetrius is, is there's lots of ways that we could look at this, right He's a silversmith, he's talking about craftsmen, he's building these altars. Does this mean there's a guild presence? Probably so. yeah, I mean, but read between the lines even more. Idol worship is big business, especially in Ephesus. why? Well. I'll, We'll get to that in just a second. But it said here, you know, Demetrius, this guy, it brought in no small business. In other words, a lot of his income is based off of the worship of the goddess Artemis. Okay? Verse 25. He called them together, the craftsmen, he called them together along with the workmen in related trades and said, men, you know, we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. Now, let's pause right there in verse 26. What we learn here is really important. We learn about the effectiveness of the gospel, right? We learn what's going on here, that the gospel is really going out and it's really taking root here. But we also learn something about the gospel going out. And y'all, this is something we got twisted along the way. You know, right now, if you look at Christianity in America, you really see a lot of things And a lot of the things that you see are very, very sad indeed, including the fact that every mainline denomination, I'm talking about the PCUSA, the United Methodist Church, the Lutheran Church, Episcopal. And I know, let me say this, I know that there are some very committed followers of Christ, conservative, and I'm not talking about politically conservative, but there are some conservative people that are members of these congregations. I get all of that. But as far as the denominations are concerned, they're apostate. In other words, they say they follow Christ, but they've abandoned Christ because they've abandoned God's word. I'm not going to dress it up. That's why you see these denominations embracing just blasphemy, denying the exclusivity of Christ, promoting everything from not just homosexual marriage to homosexual ministers. I mean, it. It's crazy. How did the church get that way? What does that have to do with Acts chapter 19? Well, something is revealed here that we should not miss, and it's this. In the midst of the gospel taking off, in the midst of the church growing by leaps and bounds, what do you find? You find these pagans, enemies of Jesus Christ, talking about Paul, Not so much as the individual, but talking about the things that Paul is talking about. By their estimation, he says, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul, this is verse 26, has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. Now, obviously their thinking is messed up and it's motivated by greed. That's a lesson on, I said earlier that not much has changed. That's a lesson on the world, right? These men are motivated by greed and they want to turn it into something religious? Please, okay? They're interested in the money. That's what they're worshiping. But aside from that, even though they don't know the Lord, they tell the truth about what's going on there. But how does the church grow here? How does the gospel go forth? Is it by Paul embracing worldliness? Is it by Paul doing what much of American Christianity is in fact doing right now? Is it by him saying, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. If you want to keep Artemis, you can keep Artemis. Is it him trying to blend the two? Saying, yeah, you know, Artemis is great and all, but what about Jesus too? You know, you don't have to, uh, there are many ways to God. Artemis may be one of those ways. And of course, I'm saying this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but in essence, did the gospel advance and did the church grow then, 2,000 years ago, um, by the way that it's attempting to be grown now? And I say attempting because, y'all, the emperor has no clothing. The church in the United States' mainline denominations are absolutely falling apart. And instead of what we've seen here, that the gospel is transforming communities. Churches are transforming communities. Everybody's burning their scrolls of sorcery. You see churches that look a lot like the community. The, oh, no, no, no. We, we're We're welcoming and we're friendly here. We're not going to judge anybody. In fact, we'll be so welcoming and friendly that we won't even tell you if you're living a lifestyle that's going to land you in hell. We don't love you enough to tell you the truth, but we'll be friendly right? It's embracing causes. It could have been so easy. Paul would have been the most popular guy in Ephesus if he would have combined the two. You know, he could have had Demetrius loving him and other people loving him based on human standards. But no, what you find in Acts is that the way that the church grows, the way that the gospel goes forth is not by embracing worldliness or trying to incorporate worldliness, not changing the church to match the world, which is what's going on all over the United States right now. No, you don't see that. You see the church is countercultural, not because culture is the issue, but because the gospel is what must be of, of primary importance. The reason Paul did what he did and said what he said was not because he had some hobby horse It's because this is what the word of God teaches. And the people's response was rooted in believing on the name of Jesus. And that's when you see the church grow. That's when you see the gospel go forth because any other kind of growth that isn't based on the kingdom, it's a growth But don't we know from human bodies that sometimes it's a growth that can kill you? What's going on in the United States right now with much of mainline Christianity? It's being killed because it's full of cancer. It is absolutely rotting from the inside out. Because instead of doing what Paul did and embracing the truth and actually preaching the Bible as God's word, which is regulative, which is binding on all of us, whether you want to believe it or not, you're still bound by it because he's the creator, we are the created. And it just so happens his creator sent his one and only son to die to save us. Instead of teaching that, we teach uh, open hearts, open minds, open doors. I'm okay, you're okay. We're all okay. And we'll all get there anyway because God's a nice guy. And meanwhile, Christianity in the United States is crumbling. Now, I'm not saying that it will always be easy for the church to be countercultural. What we've read here, again, it shows us what the world is like. Demetrius has a major problem with this. They focus on religion on the outside, but really it's all about greed. Because isn't that what the world's all about anyway? Just money. The world is about satisfaction, self-gratification, at whatever cost. The I'm going to get mine mentality, the look out for number one mentality. And the world is so good at masking this. Oh, my goodness. They use so many things to point to that that would take your mind away from the fact that it really is just being self-centered. That's what we see going on with Demetrius here and, and the others in this guild. Verse 27. This is it. He keeps on talking. There is danger. Not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited and the goddess herself who is worshiped throughout the province of Asia and the world will be robbed of her divine majesty. Oh, it sounds good, doesn't it? Stop reading right there. It sounds good. It sounds so dedicated. But the Bible tells us where Demetrius really starts. And where he starts is looking at his own pocketbook. Now, why is this such a big deal? The business aspect is important. You know, the the ancient or the wonders of the ancient world, right? The seven wonders or eight, depending on who you talk to. But the ancient wonders of the world up there with the pyramids of Giza and other places is the, is the Ephesian temple to Artemis. It was major, major business. And that's at the root of all of this. But it leads me back to something I've already said. What should Christianity be? Should Christianity, getting back to being called the way, should Christianity be a chameleon that just morphs? No, 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 no. Christianity is set up against every single culture, every single philosophy, every single ideal on earth. Everything devised by man is what Christianity is set up against. And that's the way that the Lord has designed it because you see all these devices of the world, all the philosophies, all these things, those are exactly what we need saving from because at the root of Christianity is life, life eternal through Jesus Christ alone and faith in him alone saves us. But the root of the world and all of its offerings is death. I'm here to tell you, when you challenge this idea, when you go against this notion, the world doesn't like it. And it'll use all sorts of things like religious dedication and you name it. Oh, that's not the God. I remember the very first time I ever heard this, ever heard it. It was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I think it's the first time I ever heard somebody just outright deny the Bible on on television where somebody was talking about, I think it was homosexuality or... No, it wasn't even that. That That was back when, you know... Bill Clinton was don't ask, don't tell. And Joe Biden was talking about how, you know, marriage could never be extended to homosexuals and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's almost like politicians change what they say to get elected. I don't know. Anyway, that's a different subject altogether. It was on the exclusivity of Christ. There was a minister on the Oprah Oprah Winfrey show that talked about how John 14, 6 is true that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and no man comes to the Father but by him. And some questions were asked, well, what about so-and-so who's a Buddhist? What about so-and-so who's a really good person? And I remember Oprah Winfrey saying something to the tune of, I've heard what you said, and that's not my God. And y'all, she didn't mean to, but that was the most honest thing she's ever said. And she was right. Because the God that she worships is not the God of the scriptures. The Jesus that she talks about and professes is not the Jesus of the Bible. It's her Jesus. She would have been a chief customer of Demetrius and the other craftsmen to get an idol designed to fit her needs. And isn't that so much of what Christianity has become in America? Isn't that who God has become for so many this cosmic genie that just exists to meet their needs. We're called to something different. We're called to submit to the God of scriptures. The world doesn't like it when you do. However, not only is this the path to eternity and eternal life, but therein is the path to change the path to happiness, the path to, to power in this life, not just the next. So, We'll continue on and we'll see what happens after this, but let me just warn you, the aftermath continues with religious fervor. Oh, people are passionate, uh, but about the wrong things. Let this be a cue for us to examine ourselves. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and uh, we ask that you would help us, help us to evaluate these things with wisdom, help us to to really be honest about what's going on around us. Help us to see the world for what it is. And Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. Let us stand up against the world and proclaim the truth. And we pray it in Christ's name, amen. Now, I I do need to say something before I say bye. I I mentioned Joe Biden's name in particular. Y'all, I'm equal opportunity, okay? It's not just Democrats that that change the things that they say. Y'all should know me well enough by now to know that, but it's not just Democrats. It's not just current presidents. People say things all the time, and I, I tend to think that politicians are just a reflection of what they think will get them elected. I'm a little bit cynical, but most people are who are my age. Nevertheless, all of that being said, I really hope I haven't offended particularly, but offended widespread is really what I was aiming for, um, because the truth is offensive, and I I don't revel in that. But, however, um, that's why I'm here, and I gotta say the truth, I gotta tell the truth and be faithful to what is presented in God's word. So I hope that you understand. Again, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. And Lord willing, we will be back Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Speaking of Sunday morning, remember, Old Providence people, we have a congregational meeting between our two services. So ten fifteen a.m. congregational meeting to decide on flooring um, for our sanctuary project. But Lord willing, I'll be here at 9 a.m. live streaming. And then again on Monday morning at 6. But until then, I hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. Thanks.